Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to regular scheduled programming. Welcome back to the program. Hopsy Baby Boy behind the dial once again. Turn it here, folks, and listen closely. We have a lot to talk about in this episode. Episode number 42, David Backus, maybe, is who I think about. More notably, maybe like a Jackie Robinson over in the baseball world. Maybe a Mariano Rivera. Depends if you're a Yankees fan. I'm not sure if you are, though. I'm also not sure if anyone still listens to this show. Hard to uh, you know acquire steady listenership when you're coming out with episodes so sporadically. But folks, this is the thing. I've been uh, diligently working very hard trying to acquire some sort of income that can allot me the ability to create something like my own studio and take something like this podcast from the curb, we'll call it, to somewhere at least a little more elevated. Not the moon. I don't think this this show is meant for the moon. This is going to be a this is a nitty gritty underground radio show. Okay, whether you like it or not. I uh, hope you're a listener. I uh, really appreciate all of you who do listen. Um, I'm surprised sometimes by the people that tell me they listen. It makes me laugh. So uh, if you are uh, a friend of the show, don't be afraid to reach out because that makes that makes old Hopsy Baby Boy's belly feel warm. Mmm. Gross, gross image. Folks, welcome back to the show. Uh, it's been a long time, and uh, I'm really sorry. Like I said, though, I've been busy. Um, made it out to Calgary from July 4th to the 11th. That was great. Uh, there was many people I, you know, you always, especially when you're only home for a week there. The week, the week goes by pretty quick, but, you know, a week's a long time, too. It's hard to get that much time off, usually, to get going somewhere. But uh, me and the girlfriend made it out. Saw the parents. It was a great trip. Always so short, though. I, I, I'm sure there's a couple of people that listen to the show. I said I was going to be able to get out there and see you. Uh, never got the chance to do so. But that's, folks, you know how it goes. Shit gets crazy. You know, you're trying, you can't see everyone and uh, you, you try to. But um, this, this time home, we actually did a little smarter. Uh, me, me always visiting at home. And, you know, you're always trying to see all your friends, trying to see everyone. And um, we, this time we got an Airbnb up in Invermere, which is about three and a half hours from Calgary, a uh, great little mountain town over there in BC. Got a little Airbnb over there with the family, my brother-in-law, um, and we just, was, we just went out there and spent two nights. And that way, you know, you know you're not having your, um, you know, you're not distracted by trying to see your friends when you get home. And sometimes, you know, you get home and you feel kind of guilty when you leave. You feel like you never saw your parents enough almost and... You never got to, you know, as much steady quality time as you wish you would have. So this way was perfect. We snuck out, had a little uh, little vacation out in, in Vermeer there. It was great. We had a really good time. But um, there's something about uh, small town BC that just will always make me laugh. And like, so we're out there. I'm literally with my, like I said, it's there's five of us. One night, the second night, my cousin joined me that uh, lives in Banff. He came in for the night. But it was literally just my family. So uh, my girlfriend and uh, my brother-in-law and then my family of four. So there's six of us. And uh, the first night, you know, we're just hanging out literally, you know, having some drinks, doing our thing. And we're, our Airbnb wasn't right by the lake or anything like that. It was a couple couple streets off, but it was within walking distance of like the big beach. I forget what it's called. Clarny or something like that. Forgive me if I'm wrong. But in Vermeer, a lot of people know it for, from out west. If you're not familiar with it, it's just a great, great uh, summer town, uh, big, big cottage spot for people in Calgary and um, in Alberta. A lot of Alberta plates in uh, 
in Invermere in the summer for sure, but it's a good spot. They have a little junior B team there. I knew a, a couple guys that played there, had a great time. So love Invermere very much, but I always just find you, you run into people like this. So like I'm literally at an Airbnb with my, like I said, my family, it was 1201. I remember. And yeah, it was a Monday. It would have been a Monday night. And, um, we're out, we're out there on the patio that this Airbnb was beautiful, nice patio with the, you know, the lighting that had it all nice lit up there with the white lights. It looked good. Um, nice night. So we're sitting out there with a the little fire table and we literally have, I have my little speaker going, but it's like, I'm sitting out there with my mom, my girlfriend and my sister. And we were like talking, like the music was lo- not like it was loud enough that we could like listen to music and still we were sitting there conversing. We weren't just sitting around the fire listening to bangers. And then all of a sudden I like hear something out of the corner of my eye. I'm, I'm, I'm not corner of my eye. I can hear something. And I can hear someone being like, excuse me, excuse me. And I turned down. I'm like, my mom's like, what are you doing? She can hear me listening for something. And so I cut the music and I was like, pardon me. And the neighbor off her deck just goes, um, you know, the, there's some people got to work tomorrow, you know? And I was just like kind of in shock. I'm sitting there, like I said, with my mother, girlfriend and sister were conversing. It was, it's July. Like I get, like I get it that there's people working and stuff like that, but like we couldn't have been that loud. Like, and I was laughing. I was like, been to multiple Airbnbs many times, never gotten in trouble, had a very good loud time. And then the one time I get in shit when I'm from the neighbor, I'm at an Airbnb. I'm with my family. So like we immediately cut the tunes and just went in because we were calling it early anyways. But I just laughed like some people's tone, you know what I mean? Like some people might laugh at me like and think that, well, I was, you know, technically I was in the wrong for sure making too much noise. But like it was a summer night and it's like we weren't being rude. And anyways, she came out, she addressed it kind of a rude way. She kind of I think she could have just been like, excuse me, I'm really sorry to say this, but can you just please turn it down a bit? I'm trying to, you know, get ready for work tomorrow. Instead, she made the comment, like, taking a shot at us for vacationing. And she's like, some people got to work tomorrow. So anyways, I didn't really think anything of it. Just kind of thought it was hilarious that I got in trouble at an Airbnb for the first time when I was with my family. But anyways, then the next day, you know, we're waking up. We're getting ready. We're about to go to the beach. And my brother-in-law is out on the driveway taking the dog to the bathroom. My my sister and brother-in-law have a golden retriever together. And there, he's out there t- taking at the end of the driveway for a leak. And all of a sudden, um, there's a SUV going out of the neighbor's driveway. Guy pulls up to my brother-in-law and just goes like, you know, some people live here full time, you know? That's what he says to my brother-in-law, like no context. He's like, what? And these guys like, you know, some people live here, you know? He says that again to my brother-in-law. My brother-in-law, God love him. I just imagine the steam coming out of his ears probably. He's like sitting there in his, his flip-flops holding the dog. And this uh, neighbor's like son's coming at him. It's not even the the lady who came out yesterday, the night before, and like addressed the scenario. This is like her son. Now, just giving the gears to my brother-in-law. I wish I was out there. I would have like, I would have lost my mind. I would have been like, get the fuck going. But anyways, he, he says uh, again, he's like, my brother-in-law, the second time he says it, like some people live here, you know, he's like, hey man, like, you know, your mom or whoever came out there and addressed it. And we turned the music down right away and we went inside. Like, I don't really know what, what else you want to, like, uh, what else you want us to do about this? Like, we kind of did exactly what you asked. And then the guy just, again, apparently repeated, well, some people live here, you know? And he's like, okay, well, you can come on over then. That's what my brother-in-law says to him. And apparently the guy just starts losing it, being like, what? Huh? And I thought, I thought we were going to get in a tilt that night. 
I was ready to go. I was, I just, just kind of, I stayed loose. I did a couple of leg swings. I'm like, this guy wants to come over and bark up this tree. Oh, he better have some bite. He better bring a gun or a couple of cousins. Am I right? Joking. Uh, no. So yeah, nothing happened, but like some people just piss me off. Like, and I'm not going to generalize a whole like brand of people, but a lot of like small town BC people are sometimes hilarious to me. Like BC is a great spot, but sometimes the people that are from BC think BC is the fucking tits of the world. And that we all should bow down to them because they live on such great land. Like, BC is a great spot, but come on. Like, people from Invermere kill me. Like, the locals, like, hate hate cottage people. Like, these and these these neighbors that to our, were from our, right next to the Airbnb there. Granted, they live by an Airbnb, so I can imagine the absolute nonsense they have to listen to. They're probably so choked. It's probably just recently turned into an Airbnb. This place looked, like, recently renovated. Imagine how choked those neighbors are. So, like, that's what I said to my family, too. Like, we were kind of upset the way they addressed us. But I was like, they probably just had some hooligans in from the weekend acting like absolute idiots. And then now they had us, you know, carrying on through the week. You know, they have to work. I get it. I'm like, they're not really taking their, they're taking their frustrations of all these Airbnbs out on us. Can't be offended by it. But anyways, no, it was a good trip. It had a great time. Uh, borrowed my brother-in-law's a road bike. Calgary has such great trails. And... Uh, bike paths and um, bike lanes. It's so easy to rip around. I even brought the bike out to Invermere. I biked from Invermere up the mountain there to Panorama, the village at Panorama Ski Resort. And like, it's not that far. I think it's like 20, 20 something kilometers up. And then you come back down. Coming back down is pretty fun. But on the way up there, it's a pretty good climb. But it's so nice when you're in the mountains and you're out there in the in the nice air and I, like I said, I, I got as many bike rides as I could in Calgary because the bike paths around there are so mint. Like, it's so fun just to get on there and go for a rip. And, like, I, I, I never thought that this would be, like, I was kind of worried of going back because I've been riding my bike so much out in Ontario for, you know, the last year and a bit, two years. I always thought that when I go back to Calgary, like, maybe the elevation would, like, affect me. Maybe I'd be breathing heavy, breathing hard. But I find for some reason, like, where I'm riding right now, especially in Stratford area, the Perth like county area, there's so much wind. When you're riding your bike or running vice versa, like into a headwind, like it's so much harder. It's so annoying. And like that's one thing, you know, you can go to Soul Cycle, you can go on the you can go on the uh the, the stationary bike and bag yourself. I'm a huge fan of that. I used to do that religiously. But there's something that you just like when you go out there and you're battling the elements of like actual wind and stuff, like that's so hard. So I get to Calgary and I felt like I, there was no wind when I was on the bike. No wind at all. I was absolutely cooking. I just was thinking I was just happy to be there. But I just love getting on the road bike. I got no technique. I get on that thing and I basically try to ride as hard as I can until I get off. Run a high heart rate. Uh, sometimes run it on very few hours of sleep. Uh, but there's something about it. Like I'll be in the shittiest mood. I'll feel like shit. But you get on the road bike, flush the system out. You're absolutely buzzing. And there's something about getting on that bike, like some people meditate, some people do, um, you know, they, uh, you know, they read books and all that stuff. I've come to notice I kind of like getting on the bike, getting into a really weird headspace with some crazy music on, like some hardcore, like pump up tunes in the ears, um, which you shouldn't do because, you know, you should at least have an earphone out to hear your surroundings because, you know, you want to be alert at all times because people don't view you as a, as a an entity they just view you as like a fucking uh, bug on the road when you're riding a bike so you got to be careful you got to be alert but you throw in some headphones there 
and you go and I, there's something about the adrenaline rush. It's, I feel like it's like pure testosterone flowing through my veins. It's weird. It's like I get like this weird like I picture all these weird scenarios and I get fired up mentally and I just start gritting my teeth. I don't use my bell. I just bark at people like a dog. I'm like, rawr, 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 rawr. like get out of my way because like the dog's coming. You don't want the train. Get the fuck off the tracks. That kind of a thing. Ever heard of it? Anyways, I love it. You get on the road bike. So much fun. Like when I was on my northern trip there, I love riding the bike in North Bay too. Um, this is kind of off related, but I have to tell this story. I'm um, doing this traditional route that they have the Cape Paceway. It's called great road system with some paths that, you know, you can cut down to a near town called calendar and stuff like that. But North Bay is meant for road biking. A lot of people wouldn't think that, but I love it. Anyways, I'm on my, I'm down there. I'm giving it one day. Um, I love riding solo. You know, I like riding in groups, but there's something about solo. Cause you know, you don't have to, uh, if you want to go slow, you can, you want to go really fast. You can, you don't have to worry about looking back for someone if your chain fucking falls off you're not worried that your buddy doesn't look back for you and take off on you you know there's just nice to be alone sometimes you know you have that freedom um but you I'm, so i'm on a bike i'm ripping and um i'm in north bay and i see this pack of guys like all decked out in the nice bikes the the fancy jerseys uh, i can see the bikes they're clean looking and I, and i can tell as i see them in my horizon kind of i'm like i'm i'm cooking compared to them like i'm flying like I'm not some great road biker, but I get on the fucking thing and I go hard. Uh, you might not, you might be faster than me, but uh, you're not going to see a guy uh, giving it as all harder on the road bike than me. Yeah, I might not have the the body frame to be a great cyclist, but I'm out there giving it my all. And I realized I'm like I'm cooking. Like I'm going to pass these guys no problem. So I ended up coming up to them. I'm getting closer and closer. I noticed that these guys are rocking like really nice bikes, like nice Cervelos. Um, what are the other, what's the ones like Pincello or something like that? I don't know all the fancy names, but these guys were riding like mint bikes, mint gear, unreal jerseys. They're basically riding like a pack formation. Looked like a group of, like they looked like a group of guys that took it pretty serious. Granted, yeah, they were quite a bit older than me, but still these guys looked like serious cyclists on these fucking very expensive bikes, like eight times as expensive as the one I was riding. And I passed those motherfuckers I stared them down. I, I looked at every single one of them. I just kept my head turned as I passed them, merged right onto the highway and just passed them all. Looked back and I said, this is what this is what it takes, boys. It doesn't take an $8,000 bike. It takes a little bit of grit, a little bit of ter- determination. Get these pistons fired up. Get me going. Get me fired up. I was hammered drunk last night. Slept, slept for three hours. And I'm burning by all you guys on an $1,100 gravel bike with, road, with uh, dirt tires. You guys should be ashamed of yourself. That's what I was kind of thinking. I didn't say it, but I said it with my eyes. And then on the loop I did, they were all taking a break and I absolutely burnt by them again. As I'd already passed them, I was coming back the other way again. Another little stare down. Okay. I love, there's something about getting on that bike. I get fired up. I get fired up. I like, uh, I got a gravel bike so you can get it on the dirt roads there. I do that because it's nice to get off and not be worried about traffic. You cannot be always on the road. You know, you go on the road at times I like to time myself. I don't like to go out when there's going to be some rush hour. Even though I'm on the county roads most of the time in the middle of nowhere out here, you don't want the traffic. And I don't like shoulder checking. And there's awful stories about people getting in accidents on bikes because, you know, people don't really like cyclists. It's pretty evident. Not a secret anyone's hiding from anyone there. And I understand they're annoying when you're, on the, when you're in your car and sometimes they're in the way. But those are the cyclists that I feel like you don't have good road etiquette. 
If you have good road etiquette as a cyclist, no one will even notice you're ever there. You'll just kind of like, you know, you're not in anyone's way. You're not causing a scene. If you actually obey by the rules, you can't be running reds and stuff like that. Like if you're riding downtown, you got to take it seriously. If you're out in a county road and you blow a stop sign and no one's there, like that's fine. No one's there. But when you're like, you can't be cutting people off. You got to be smart. All right. That there's bad, there's dumb cyclists too. You know, I'm not, I'm not defending them, but as a cyclist, I get a, I get a kick out of, I'm going to call my demon myself as a cyclist. What am I even talking about right now? This is not, was not my intention. I have a list. I have a strict list that was to be spoken of on this show. But here I go talking about my cycling career. But what I was actually saying as a cyclist, sometimes I find it funny. A lot of people have a lot to say about bikers and they, they get pissed off. And a lot of times these people are the ones that are very not in shape. The ones that could definitely not ever be on a road bike in the first place and make it even down the street and back. So they're like, I feel like, yes, there's a total, I understand how you guys don't understand it, that some people like to get out on the road and go for a little bit of a rip. I just don't understand why like there's such a confusion on it. Kind of blows my mind, okay? But uh, back to scheduled programming, like we like to call it. Um, Calgary trip was awesome though. Um, Had a hilarious encounter that needs to be addressed. Um, We made our way to the Stampede on the weekend. Uh, had a great time there, but uh, it was the night after we got back from BC. Like I said, I was home for a week, and um, it was the it was the Wednesday night. We spent the two nights in the premiere. We came back. Uh, my sister's dead. Uh, she wasn't feeling good. She was out for the night. She just went bed early. Uh, brother-in-law had some work to do. He was in bed early. Parents a uh, little little tired from the trip. Uh, so me and Chrissy, my girlfriend, we go out in the town. We have a couple drinks. I went to an old place I used to work at. Excuse me. Uh, we went out and had, had a couple of drinks at the Elf Furniture Warehouse. Great little location there. There's multiple of those all over Canada now. Try it out. All the food is $5.95. Delicious. Full entrees too. Can you believe it? Great drinks as well. Me and my girlfriend, we go out there. We really tie one on. We had a really good time. My girlfriend is the best drinking partner ever. Uh, that's kind of how we met. We used to, we were bartenders together. And then uh, we eventually started partaking in beverages together. We both liked a beverage. And then uh, we started hanging out that way and just having drinks. And then all of a sudden, uh, now we're dating. Uh, crazy turn of events. But uh, we go out there. We have a great time. End up at the Elf Furniture Warehouse on Stephen, the beautiful Stephen Avenue in Calgary, Alberta. Probably my favorite street downtown. Um, we're looking for a way home. We Ubered there. It was a really rainy, stormy night. We wanted to get those scooters going, but we couldn't get anything. Um, none of them were charged or something. They got rid of the lime ones, the good white ones in Calgary, but they still have like bird and now this new orange one where you got to wear a helmet, like as if anyone's going to wear a helmet on their rental scooter. But, uh, we couldn't find a way home on the way home as we're trying to get home. It's like closing time. It was like literally 2 AM in Calgary. We're downtown, no Ubers available. Can't find one. I find that hilarious. So we see uh, a Calgary United cab. And I'm addressing it as a Calgary United cab so that you, the listener, can remember if you're ever in this area. It's obviously a Calgary-only company. But, you know, the market's, t- the market's tough right now. A lot of cab drivers are uh, probably finding it tough with these rideshare programs coming in and ravaging their market, which was traditionally untouched. I understand there's some hostility there. But the, there's no reason to act as such what I endured. So I'm coming home having a great night. Um, obviously had quite a bit to drink. My decision-making is probably not at its highest. Um, but I find this Calgary United cab, the white ones there. They're white cabs. And uh, there's, he's like the only one in sight on Stephen Ave. It's kind of weird. It's also a Tuesday before Stampede. It's kind of like the calm before the storm. The city kind of has a little bit of a 
hum to it, but it's low because everyone's at home getting ready for the stampede. But we were out there tearing up the town. This is the only cab driver we can find. Um, go up to him. I'm like, sir, uh, you want to take me home? Going up there just in the northwest. Yada, yada, yada here, there, the other thing. Uh, it's going to be like a five-minute drive. I know that in my head. It's like a $12 Uber. So in my head, I'm like, fuck it. We'll just take a cab. It won't be much more expensive. It won't be that different in price. And the cabbie just goes, uh, yeah, I'll take you home for $40. And I just kind of laughed. I was like, yeah, uh, yeah, I'll pay you $40, buddy. And I, I said that as I'm like getting in the cab. I'm like, just fucking take me home. $40. How about I shove $40 up your ass and I uh, bring it out of your mouth and then uh, I can make you eat it again. 40 fucking dollars. It's going to be like a five minute ride. That's what I'm thinking in my head anyways. Me and Christy get in the car. Uh, we're going home. Like I said, five minute ride. Um, and then it's time to time to get home. There he's dropping me off at my sister's place. That's where I'm staying. Uh, like minutes from downtown. And um, it's time to pay there. He asked me for my card which I thought was weirder. But again, decision-making is not uh, high. I was uh, severely intoxicated. Um, but he takes my card. I'm expecting him to put it in like the debit machine, hand it back to me, and then, you know, I'll choose like how big of a tip I want to leave, you know, checking or savings. But anyways, he grabs my card and the guy just taps it. The debit machine's already sitting there. Just taps it. I hear it go, boop. And I'm already like halfway to the car. He hands me back my debit machine my uh my card and like which i should never have done you never hand someone your card you can't like there's no business that's ever allowed that that guy can go and tap your card like that's illegal on every end so in my head i'm like this guy just fucked me like he actually just charged me 40 bucks like i thought he was kidding i like i don't even think he was running a meter now that i think about it so this guy is going just what is it is this a gypsy cab this guy's just uh He's just setting his own fares and driving around and charging people. And the fact that I, I loved it, it wasn't even cash. Like he didn't like keep a big tip. He took my, he charged it to my, my cart. Like what an absolute idiot. And like, if he's doing this to me, guarantee you he's done it to multiple other people. So I was kind of pissed off. I immediately call their, like, I go on the website and I call the office there and some lady answers and I tell her exactly what happened. I go on my, my uh, online banking and I see the, the charge for 40 bucks for this like four minute ride. I'm like livid, probably being a little rude to the person late night, had been drinking. Anyway, she tells me to send an email in the next day. I call, she tells me to call in, you'll talk to the director of drivers or whatever for United Cab. And so the next morning I call him, kind of lay into him a bit and I laugh I'm getting carried away like I was being like I don't know I thought I was being like a big dog like a huge beauty I was like you don't you don't you don't figure this out right now I'll show up your office and make this a huge problem like all of a sudden I'm like a nail gun like what am I gonna do go down there and tear the place apart but uh the guy had interrupted me he's like sir 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 can you relax and stop being so hostile I'm literally on your side we're trying to figure this out together and I laughed and I was like thank you very much there you think you were very much Rajiv or what I think his name was Rajiv. He was a good guy, but, um, we finally get it all worked out. I give the guy his cab number because he literally, as he charged my card on my account, it says like Calgary United cab number 12, something it was literally had the guy's cab number on it. Like, what was he doing? Like, did he ever think he was not going to get caught? So this guy, like by the sounds of it, I think this guy might've got canned because I called him in. So I kind of felt bad about this. I'm like, did I just cost this guy a job? I was like, ah, fuck, I'd feel bad. But like, you can't just be going gypsy cab, like setting your own fares and driving around charging people, taking cards and tapping them. Like what's, what's going on there? 
like I, w- I wonder how he charged it like he probably did like a tiny fare and maybe just put it all tip like I don't know makes me wonder and how many people had he done it to so I called it in I called it in and I kind of felt bad like I said when I did it but I called a couple people and I told them what happened I was like should I feel bad about calling that in like that I feel like the guy's gonna get in some serious trouble a lot of the consensus was kind of no you got to do the right thing and I think I was by um by calling it in but what a fucking turn of events what a turn of events uh but we made it to the stampede on the weekend the stampede started on the Friday uh that would have been July 9th I believe sneak a peek's always the Thursday uh, for those of you who have never been to Stampede, you've got to get out and try it. Uh, maybe in a more normal year. Stampede was on this year to many's disbelief. And uh, it was quiet, though. Holy fuck, it was different. It wasn't the same Stampede as of usual. It was still a really good time. But, like, I went to the rodeo on the Friday. The first day it was... Uh, and uh, the place was half full. Like, usually there's not uh, a seat in the place. Uh, there's not even standing room left. Like, there's just a crowd of people everywhere. Uh, there's an absolute hum to the city. And it was a little different this year, but uh, I think that's just, I think it was just Calgary people in the stands. Uh, there's not as many many people coming from all over the country, which people do that every summer. And I don't think people realize how big of an international following that the Calgary Stampede has. Like you go to the Stampede, like I've been gone many times having grown up there. You see people from all over the world and a lot of people that are going out partying, they might wear their flag on their uh, arm. They might carry a flag from where they're from because it's one of those events that people, it's worldwide known and there's a lot of people. And with this pandemic, there was obviously not the international travel, uh, totally different scene really this year. Uh, there was not many big tents. There was a couple outside of the stampede ground still, but not as many as usual. There was the Nashville North tent in inside, which I never got a chance to get into. You needed to have like a proof of vaccine or take a rapid COVID test at the gate. And, um, Fuck, that place is already like a three-hour wait on a good night to get in. So with all that added in, I figured it'd be an absolute zoo to get in. So I didn't even make it down there. But the Stampede, uh, really fun. The Midway, a bit quieter. It was the same Stampede. It was just a little quieter. Like, it felt like half the crowd was there. It wasn't wasn't as much buzz, but uh, it was really nice to get out there and have a good time. And got got down to the rodeo. We got tickets for 80 bucks a pop, which got us, like, way up in the second deck. And, um, when I was walking down into the, our seats there, I kind of like nudged arms with an old man and kind of gave him like a nod and like, kind of said like, how you doing? Like not, I don't know what I was even doing. I was just in a really good mood. And then a couple minutes later, his son comes down, taps us on the shoulder and is like, Hey, um, we have infield tickets. Um, but we can't, we don't really want to walk over there. My dad doesn't want to walk over there. His legs sore right now. So we're not going to make it over to the infield, but if you guys want to use them, you can have them. There's uh four tickets right here. So me, my sister, brother-in-law and my girlfriend walked in there, $80 a pop to get a ticket, end up getting past 300. Like these things are like $300 face value. We're over on the infield, which is like the nice seats on the other side, closer to like the rodeo closer to the uh, like the what do you call it the grounds the uh the pen if you will uh but we got down there watched the rodeo it was such a sick day um ended up going basically we, the rodeo starts at one we just turned that into an absolute night um ended up getting home pretty late we just went on through the night i think i spent like four hundred dollars that day cash i brought four i bought four hundred dollar bills with me and i literally came home with not a cent so i was like that's good that's real good. Makes you, makes you, no wait, don't you love that feeling when you check your wallet and you're like, 
there's nothing in there anymore. Oh, I usually always, like, I try to spend cash sometimes. It makes me feel like once you get tapping the card, it's game over. Like, who knows what's going on in their accounts? You're just tapping shit around. When you have the physical cash, find it maybe helps me spend a little bit less. Evidently not uh, the first night of Stampede. It was uh, a fucking great, great time, though. Um, only home for a bit, but it was so, so nice to be home. I... Uh, I don't know. I imagine I'll be back in Calgary full-time sooner than later. That's the plan. Uh, depends on if I play hockey or not this year, what I'm going to do in this winter. I don't know. I'm all over the place. I'm very indecisive, so that's going to have to be naturally a last-minute decision. A last-minute decision. Um, last thing I'll speak on about the Calgary trip, uh, the airport. The Calgary airport has been updated. Um, it feels like it's been on construction uh, for all 27 years of my life. Uh, it's just never stops. There's, they're working on something. By the time they're done, the one end, the fucking other end is is now ancient and broken down. And they need to, they, so they have like a construction crew that just like goes across it. And by the time they're fucking done, the one side, they got to start over at the other end because it took them so long to get over there. So they put this international wing, which I believe it was originally made for international flights, but they have this massive new wing at the Calgary airport, and it's like huge. Goes way way down there. And uh, for those of you familiar with the airport, you know exactly what I mean. It extends uh, very far away from the, what the, was the original terminals and whatnot. So for some reason, uh, there's only like not many flights going out, obviously, uh, still this, even this summer with the pandemic still in full force, it seems. Um, so I go to the airport. There's not many flights to begin with, but they have us at the, they have us in gate 86, gate 86 of the what was supposed to be again the international wing that's where all the domestic flights are, are flying out of um so i mean i'm not trying to exaggerate i think it was a five kilometer walk uh five kilometer walk you go through security and then it's a yeah 30 minute hike like i was like thank god i'm a young skipper jack like if i was some old if i was some old lad i don't think i'd even be able to fucking make it to my flight like i miss i've missed i'm so bad at flights like i've missed so many flights in my my only my 27 years it's actually astonishing how how many flights i've missed at my age it's actually kind of comical so i maybe i shouldn't be the one to speak on this but like if i was an old person like i don't i'd be so choked having to walk all the way down there and then so we get down there and there's multiple flights this is where they have all the domestic flights flying out of calgary so there's like a bunch of gates going um that area the very end there like the 80s i guess we'll call it because there can't be much more after that it was full there was tons of people in there but then, you know, it, it was just like full to the amount of gates that are there. And then, so there's a couple hundred people in there and there's not enough seats. There's like not even close to enough seats. So we have hundreds of people sitting on the floor, leaning up against walls. I saw like old ladies who are like 65, probably have both hips replaced, getting down on all fours to get down and have a seat before their flight because there was literally nowhere to sit. Also, if you're sitting and you're a younger person and you are evidently noticing that there's a lack of seating and you see an old lady come in and you see, watch her get down on all fours to sit down. I'd like to interview you to come on the show and just see what's going on in your brain. See what is really ticking up there because I would wonder. I'm watching like these young people sitting there on their iPads and there's like old people like old ladies fucking hanging on to their husbands for dear life like they're rock climbing or something because they might go down and there's just young people sitting there with the AirPods in. This is the day of the World Cup, watching the game, watching the game, just chilling. Not a clue in the world. But could you imagine the Calgary airport spends all that money and like it's clearly finished in there and they put fucking 14 seats in the gate. 
that they made everyone walk 355 kilometers to and uh, miss their flight. Uh, you can't even grab a quick sit before you miss your flight because you took so long walking there. And um, heavens forbid you had uh, grandma and no-no with you because you might have had to fucking leave them home and flown, flown away without them. Absolutely ridiculous. So again, I know I probably have a lot of listeners with the Calgary Airport Authority. I'd like you to take my comments into consideration because what I say as an experienced traveler having used your facility as a paying guest Sharpen it the fuck up, okay? Because I know, I know that you're fucking listening. Um, folks, the, like the, the Stanley Cup was awarded since my last episode. Since my last episode was, I feel like, six months ago. I'm, I apologize for that. Um, there's also a theme where I have to stop apologizing for things because it's, it's kind of a recurring theme. But I promise, I'm going to get this show back on the weekly road. But uh, the Stanley Cup, back into uh, Tampa Bay. Not really a surprise. I thought it was... Um, not a Montreal fan at all, and not one of these people that believes that it's Canada's team. But it was pretty cool watching Montreal go on this run, and I actually thought they were going to win. I thought they've done so much wild shit to get to the final that I was like, by some crazy means, they're going to find a way to win it. Not the case, but uh, good for uh, you know, a good uh, Montreal's a good hockey town, so I'm not a big Montreal fan or a fan of their fans, but uh, it's nice to see a hockey town you know, get a run like that, you know, like, I mean, Tampa is obviously a sports town, but I don't think, you know, it's, it was a little crazier in, uh, in Montreal, obviously than Tampa, the celebrations would have been and were for them not even winning the cup. There was fucking, the place was absolutely juiced out there, but a lot of people had something to say about Kucherov's comments in his post-game interview. And it just made me laugh like so hard. Like a lot of people were like talking about how disrespectful it was, how he's a sore, uh, He's a sore winner. He uh, doesn't do it graciously. A lot of like memes comparing him to other clips of other people speaking and after their championship speeches. And I'm like, come on. Like, at the end of the day, even if you don't agree with it, you have to th- think that that's good for the game. Like, that's it's hilarious. What you said, what he said is, yeah, like, I don't know if I agree with it fully. It's fucking funny, though. It's good. Like, that will get people, like, that's going to come across on someone's uh, feed who isn't a hockey fan. They're going to see that and be like, oh, this is hockey? Like, these guys are fucking hilarious. Like, that's a little color in the game isn't a bad thing. And then you get all these Montreal fans, and they're like, oh, oh, could you imagine, uh, could you imagine uh, that he, he, would, he wouldn't say that if he was in the room with uh, um, fucking so-and-so, uh, Gretzky, Lemieux, uh, Markov, all these people? I'm like, um, yeah, he fucking would. He's a crazy Russian motherfucker. He would say it right to their face. He wouldn't care. The guy just won back-to-back Stanley Cup championships. He led the fucking postseason in points by like 15 or something. Quote me if I'm wrong. I don't know. It was something big like that. The guy just tore the league apart with his second Stanley Cup in a row. You think he gives a fuck what anyone has to say about him? Not some bum complaining on Twitter. People, and I laugh. Like he, he, was, he called it out right. It was, Montreal already won their Stanley Cup. Like, this guy's a crazy Russian wild man. He's wearing the shirt right now in the celebrations, $18 million over the cap. Everyone's complaining and bitching about him. I'm like, well, complain and bitch about him. How about you just go beat him? Dougie Hamilton crying in his press conference. We just lost to a team that was $18 million over the cap. Shut the fuck up, Dougie, you cancer. You've been traded off every goddamn fucking team you've ever played on because clearly I think the boys don't really love you. Like, holy moly, lock it up there, cryboy. If, if it was, uh, people are getting so mad saying, you know, Tampa Bay's uh, 
really shady how they did this with the with the cap and how they, you know Kucherov might have sat out when he was injured and stuff like that and you know saves their cap space. I'm like, if it was so wrong, how the hell is it? How are the hell are they able to do it then? It might be, yeah, it's like I don't know. If you're not cheating, you ain't trying. I'm not saying you should cheat, but like, I I don't think if if it was if it was so wrong, then how are they able to do it? And then have him able to play $18 million over the cap. I don't get it. It sounds like they're juggling. Like, you don't think people do that with their businesses? People are doing stuff with their businesses that, like, you know, don't make sense like that. Somehow it's allowed. It's, just, it's, it's, it's the real world, baby. This is the National League. People, you got, you got boys in the back crunching numbers um, who haven't even seen the ice in months. The, their work doesn't, uh, it isn't the ice. They're out there crunching numbers, finding out ways to, you know, juggle the cap so they can put together a super fucking team like the, the Tampa Bay have, winning back-to-back Stanley Cups. That's how you do it, people. Agree with it or not, but uh, uh, yeah, they, it, it seemed to have worked. Maybe your team should try it. I don't know. We get upset about things that we can't control. I don't know if it's so wrong. Talk to Gary. Talk to Gary Bettman. Gary Bettman gets booed every time he comes out in public. I just find it hilarious. I, I feel bad for him. He's a weasel, but could you imagine... That's just been his job for years. And every every time he everywhere he goes, he comes out and everyone boos him. Half the people don't even I don't think a lot of people even know why they hate him. They just hate him. He's a very hateable man. God love you, Gary. I'm not I'm sure you're not a listener of this program, but uh just know that some of us are here thinking about you. Because fuck that's gotta be a tough go. Folks, getting uh it's thirty seven minutes here. Uh you know, I can't believe it. I just feel like I just started. I miss you all so much. Um, hopefully there's uh, more than 17 of you here still. Um, I'm not going to talk about too much more here, but there's something that I need to address. And um, I don't know why. I feel like it's a conversation that you can't, like you don't want to bring this up at a dinner table and start a long debate about this. So I'm going to keep a topic like this to my podcast where I think some people will know what I'm saying, what I'm going through. Um, and that's captions on Instagram. Um, I only got Instagram uh just over last May, when the pandemic started, was very bored, and then uh, kind of got into pod, uh, Instagram a bit because I, you know, I needed one for the podcast. Uh, clearly, it's doing very well. I have about 190 followers. Had it for a year. Had it for a fucking year. Po- the project's a year old, by the way. The project is a year old, so you can feel good about that. But Instagram captions. Um, I had never had Instagram, like I said, like I, I was kind of like, you know, eight or nine years almost late to the party. So I didn't really understand the nuances of the application. But when I started seeing that, like, for some reason on Instagram, like with a caption of a photo, there has to be uh, always something witty has to be said. Something witty has to, there has to be some sort of remark, like a riddle, like a, is it a simile? Is it, I don't know what's going on. Everyone's trying to be funny in their caption. I'm not going to lie. Like I, I I've, I can honestly say I've never read a caption of any photo on any social media of anything that has ever made me laugh. Ever, I don't think. And there never will be one that will ever make me laugh. I find uh, it's, it's, this might sound really rude, but the people who are trying to really hard, the people that have the best captions or are putting in the best captions are the least funny people usually. By uh, statistics, uh, again, everything I say is backed by scientific research. But when you think about it, like, I don't know, people that go really hard for their captions, it's like that they got some time to brew it up. They got some time to make it happen, make something funny. You know, they're sitting there, they're thinking about it. Lord knows some people are probably fucking Googling captions for Instagram. I'm sure, I'm sure it's a big thing. 
Um, but these are not typically the people I see in my ex lifetime experience that are the ones that are able to in person. They're not the ones making a quick one-liner off something that happens. They're not reactionary funny. So like, or they're just not funny people. So that the caption becomes some people's way to get funny, to put something out there witty, to get a little crazy. Maybe someone's putting a little, that's why Instagram's so funny. It's all fake. Like you're writing a little caption. Like you would never say that. I've no, like, I don't know. That's why I never understand captions. Like, why can't it just be like, hey, me and my uh, girlfriend at uh, the beach there in uh, BC. Like, that's where you are. I don't need to, it doesn't have to be like, uh, you've been, this This trip was beaching. Like, I don't understand. It just blows my mind that what the, when the fuck did that? I think someone had a caption and someone giggled at it and everyone's like, this is it. This is what we do now. We all make captions. Um, when I see someone, um, Sometimes when people go no caption though, I find that kind of comical too. I'm like, okay, that's too much confidence, I think. Now you're like, you're trying to be too cool maybe. It's like you're trying too hard, right? Maybe it's, uh, you know, it's like I don't give a fuck about captions to the point that I won't have one. That's now that's going too far the other way maybe. I kind of like just a simple caption. You know what I mean? But uh, I never thought I'd be talking about that on this show. But Instagram captions, remember... They're the bane of my existence. They make my skin crawl. Don't do them. If you listen to this show, be smarter than that, okay? Be ple please be smarter than that. Promise me, okay? Again, the podcast turned um, one years old on July 18th, I believe it was, 2020 or 2021 because that was uh, the inceptionary date, I believe was July 18th of last year. We're a year in, folks. I should have 10 more episodes. That means I should, with 52 weeks in a year, I'm 10 episodes behind. Not that bad when you think about it. Pretty, pretty good. But I can promise you one thing, folks. This show is not going anywhere. This show is not going to die. This show is going to soar to heights you never thought possible. And you know what? If you're listening to this show now, you're going to be so thankful one day when this thing is at the top of the charts. You're going to be one of those, you're going to be like an indie podcaster. You know what I mean? One of those hipster podcasters. You're going to be like, yeah, but I listened to him before he was cool. I'm the fucking man. I'm really cool. I have cultural taste. I listened to this stuff before it was cool because I ignore things like groupthink. You're going to be someone like that screaming this at a coffee shop when this show makes it fucking big. You're going to be one of the OG listeners of the project, okay? That's what's going to happen. One year in, we're just getting started. Got to ramp up some social media. Please, again, quickly, got to reiterate how important it is. You have to download the episodes. When you, when you listen to my podcast... It does nothing if you just press play and you listen to it. Even if you listen to the whole thing, even if you play it on a repeat multiple times, you're not giving me views, you're giving me nothing. You need to download it, like actually physically download it onto your phone. Then you can listen to it and you can delete it after. But the only thing that analytics track are downloads. You can't just play. I don't know why it's like that, but that's the way it is. So you're really helping me out, a small time podcaster who's never made a cent from this. Um, trying to, you know, I just want to make it happen, folks. I enjoy doing it. Uh, I ain't doing this for the money. I'm doing this for the love of independent journalism, uh, which is honestly, that's why there was a little bit of a break with uh, the programming is because I get so immersed in the investigative part of my journalistic duties here on the air that I will go weeks without even having an episode of points because I'm so deep in there in the preparatory period for my episodes. A lot of preparation goes into these episodes a lot of late nights, a lot of burning the midnight oil, if you know what I mean. Do you know what I mean? You know? I don't think you do. So take it seriously. Take it seriously. But um, I want to say this. I talked about this last episode. This is still happening. 
we are going to sell these golf shirts I have. We're going to raise money and we're going to donate it to some sort of a fund where we are going to, um, you know, for the, um, the recovery, the rehealing process of all that were affected through the residential school system in Canada. I don't know the best uh, organization to donate to. I want to do it to the right one, um, but I have a goal. This is uh, $1,000. I think that if we can make some sort of a GoFundMe Kickstarter link, I'm going to try and do that tonight. I'll make a social media post. Uh, if you're hearing this, help me spread the word out about it because I want to just lofty goal, just $1,000, $1,000, we don't need to do it to say we're doing it. I don't, I'm not doing it to put it on social media and act like we're all good people. and We can all, you know, wave our hats in the air like, oh, we're changing the world. I just think, you know, as Canadians, it's our job. It's our duty to be there for our Aboriginal brothers and sisters. And uh, it, it's um, if, if we can donate $1,000 as a group and, um, you know, we'll feel better about that that's being allocated to something that's going to go a long ways, making a better Canada. Okay. Got to deal with the past to have a better future. That's what we're doing. And, um, I think maybe it's better. I, I you know, I, I didn't do it right away. That, that was right in the hype and everyone was really talking about it, but now this is when, you know, maybe we can silently chip away and try and make a difference here as a group, a little, little small community here at the project. Um, I know some people have reached out to me and asked about buying shirts already. I don't have tons left. Um, I'll sell all the shirts I can hopefully. And then if you just want to donate, you don't even want a shirt. Um, that's what we're going to make this link and, uh, hopefully, I don't know if we have to make a timeline with those links, uh, but uh, we're going to do that, get a GoFundMe going or something like that. Just do our part to make a small difference. I know a thousand bucks at the end of the day, it's probably like throwing, uh, you know, it's probably not throwing enough on the problem. You know what I mean? It's not going to change the world, but it's something that we can do to help and every little bit does. So that's what we're going to do. I think that's going to be a good thing. Definitely going to feel a little bit better about that than trying to sell golf shirts for money. I'm not going to have a merch drop. I hate merch. Merch. That's what everyone says. Oh, how do these people make all this money? Oh, they sell merch. Who buys this merch? Who's rocking? Don't buy merch. And if you buy merch, you better like love that fucking guy or girl that you listen to or whatever. You better be a big fan. And I don't, and if you have multiple merch from different things, I don't know. I just think merch is a little weird to me. If I was selling merch, do you think I physically really think that you were going to buy it? You're going to, you're going to go to work. You're going to earn your dollar in this economy. And you're going to voluntarily buy my golf shirt that says the project on it. I'm not a fucking clown. Okay. I might dress like one, not a clown. All right. So I know that this way, you know what? A little bit of incentive to grab a shirt. Cause we're going to make a small difference here. We're going to do the right thing. I got to reach out and get a little bit of help to get this GoFundMe thing set up, but we're doing that. And uh, I think a thousand dollars isn't too crazy. I think if we got a couple people donating, even a couple bucks, uh, that won't be too crazy to do. I think uh, the people that listen to the show, we can make that happen again so we can help out, make a difference for the rehabilitation process of all the people affected by the residential school system here in Canada. Cause it wasn't that long ago. Okay. It was not that long ago, folks. This was episode number 42 I have a great time doing these folks and I'm going to make sure that's a weekly thing from now on. I'm sorry that it's been so long. We'll talk to you soon. I love you dearly. Episode number 42. Goodbye for now.